0: We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here.
1: Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So this one, it's going to talk to a lot of us Moms in particular, I'm not going to discount dads in the lives of little ones, but I've got a really good one for you today. I'm going to tell you all about her, and then she's going to fill in all of the blanks. So, Dr. Okay, hey, Echo, yeah. she'll fix her name. I, I, I'm I, sorry. I might I been actually. Else. Okay. okay. She's the mother of three lovelies, so let's start there. I said doctor in the beginning of the sentence, so yes, she is an integrative pediatrician. She is another badass CEO of Glow Pediatrics and a TEDx speaker. It seems like I'm only talking to TEDx speakers. (laughs) If that is ever something on anyone's bucket list, keep listening. These ladies are paving the path for us. And I put myself in that category as well. She partners with parents of children with ADHD and autism to address the root causes of the children's behaviors and to boost their brain health using integrative medicine. And let's face it, it's all around and we still don't know so, so much. And what is our plan as parents? We just want to, you know, equip our kids as best as we can. And so to get down to Root, wow, I want to hear more about that. The bio is extremely impressive, but I want to talk about everything that she does, how she does it, and what steps we can do. But wait, wait, wait. Also, author, I'm sorry, I I forgot that part in the list, which I'm loving, and I think I'm going to order this for my daughter. The book is called Children's Love Letters. And it is a simple insight, sweet ways to into your children's heart. She has the key. Maybe she's holding the key that we've been searching for all of it. It's all about obviously growing and deepening your relationship with your children as you learn about yourself along the way. We think it's them. It's not them. It's really us. So with that, I want to hear more, more and more. And thank you. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you so much, Ms. Stephanie. Thank you for having me on here. It's an honor to be here.
1: Okay. We've got a lot to dive into, but I always start because you're just not the average anything. And like most people I want to talk to, there's a story. So tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start.
2: Uh, Let's see. Where do I start? So I'll tell you about my brain story, because Mm -hmm. since I seem to talk a lot about the brain and I'm a pediatrician and I'm not a neurologist, so I'll tell you about that. I was a junior in college and I've always wanted to be a pediatrician since I was five, as far as I can remember, because I had a friend who passed away from asthma because she couldn't get the treatment in time. I decided I wanted to be a pediatrician to help other little kids when I was a little kid and I was extremely petrified of the hospital. I was that kid had to hold down and tie down to get a shot. But I had in my head, I was going to be a doctor. So go figure. But anyways, fast forward, I was a junior in college. And then I experienced two car accidents exactly six months apart where I had concussions both times. Like I hit my head on the steering wheel both times. Mm. After that, I started not to do well in school and I really depressed and not doing well. So I got sent to see a neuropsychologist and he asked me, young lady, what do you want to do? Right. And I, of course I said, I want to be a pediatrician because that's all I've been talking about. And he said, you will never go to medical school. You're only average. And I suggest you go find something else to do.
1: Only average. Really? Tell me how you feel. Holy shit. (laughs) oof.
2: Not sure how he came up with that whole part, but he was a doctor. So my 17-year-old self believed him, and I proceeded to completely fail out of school that semester. So I went from the A student to the flat-out F student, and I, I was done. And my parents were like, well, it doesn't matter what he said, you're a doctor, and you're going back to college. So say that was a fight of my life was an understatement, but I did go back to college because my parents were absolutely insistent that I was going okay. to be a doctor, regardless of what he said. So that's an important key. I say that because it's so important what we say to our kids. Uh, Words really do matter. Words can break or make anybody. Anyone,
1: anybody, anytime. So with me
2: believing his words, I proceeded to do exactly what he said and what I decided to believe for myself, which is fail. So I failed. Mm -hmm. But every day I heard, get up, you're going back to school. So I got up, I went back to school I struggled, but I made it. And then I got a master's in public health. And I was like, no, I don't think I can go to med school. Because of course, I'm still remembering what he said. And they're like, you better apply. (laughs) So being the obedient child that I am, I applied and I got in, right? And I'm not going to say it was easy because I did have to really work at finding different new ways to study and all of that. But the more I did that, it's amazing. The brain heals brain can heal itself you're not stuck with say the that.
1: just say have. it just say it again just say it louder the brain can heal
2: itself mm. and you're not stuck with the brain you have you have to love the brain you have and I'll get into that much later but that's the way I teach kids now is and parents is falling in love with the brain you have because our brain runs us right and it's what we put in there that we will see the output of for the most part I mean of course there are things we can't control. So yes, I got into med school and I graduated and I became a pediatrician. And you know, for a long time, I forgot that whole story about what happened when I had my accident and all of that. Mm. But more and more, I started to question like the treatment we were trained to give children with ADHD. And I'm like, why are we medicating this kid so much? But the more I thought about it, and then I came across this training by another physician, I was like, brain health, (gasps) then it hit me, I remembered my story. And I was like, oh, wait a second. So of course I had to do that training. And that's where this whole brain health, the niche came from. It's cause I remembered I had a story about my brain too. And I was like, I can help these kids. And the more I learned and I was like, oh my goodness, there's all these other things that we can do to help our children. I'm not saying I'm I'm not against medication, but that's not the only thing, right? Which is the way we are trained as physicians, that yes, you, you diagnose and then you give medication. So it's like, what else can we do to help them, help our kids and even our parents be healthier so that we can manage what's going on? Because ADHD is brain-based as is autism. But again, I said the brain can heal, right? And So what can we do to help our kids? but starting with our parents, do better. And that's why I did the TEDx talk that was titled, We Must Change the Way We Treat Children's ADHD. Because I was like, there's all this research that shows if we look at their environment, if we look at what they're eating, if we just take the time to ask questions about their sleep and we work on, because ADHD could also be called the sleep disorder. If we, if we optimize yeah. all these things, then, oh my goodness, we can actually help the kids improve. I've seen children's behavior improve when you address the nutrition, the environment and the sleep, it's amazing. But it is true. i see sitting with my own eyes. So I so that's what got me on this path that I'm on is just telling parents, hey, let's fall in love with the health of your brain. How about we empower you so that you can in turn empower your children and teach your children and it becomes a lifestyle. So it's no longer... The diet or the thing we do for a little bit, but it's just the way we live.
1: Long wow. answer? To yours. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You, it could be as long as as long as possible. So, so yeah. interesting. No coincidence that you were living proof of your belief of the brain health. And again, I don't know how long ago it was. I mean, nowadays you hear about concussion protocol. And it's a real thing now, but how many years ago, it's still such a relatively new unknown where people's behavior changes during the mending process. And we just look at people at face value, like, what's up with her today? Meanwhile, totally forgetting the rocks that just got shook in the head. And like any muscle in the body right? If your back goes out and and you have some inflammation, you're going to have maybe a back spasm it's going to fight against until the body can heal. So it's so, so interesting. What I'm curious about, a very good friend of mine is a speech pathologist. And I worked with her bringing a uh, learning aid to market for her clients. And I learned a lot about just the whole child development this was after my three are adults and i would always keep saying i wish i knew this She uses um it's a, a bear that she created called milo everybody learns differently so there's you know is your strength in music is your strength in nature is your strength in play and you know like it was just so crazy something I had never been exposed to. But what I did learn, and and to your point, when you have a child that learns differently, my oldest definitely does. She was born with hydrocephalus. She was shunted. And it wasn't until mid-elementary school where I see the struggle, and then I'm fighting first with my husband, then my mother-in-law, before I can get services at school I notice it in third grade. She doesn't get services till seventh grade. Yeah. Talk about that struggle. So it's interesting of all the players that have to get on board. I'll say from my point was if one parent sees something, parents know. Yes. Do you want to say it out loud? Parents (laughs) know. (laughs) <laughs> parents know and they it's do know. To listen to parents yes <laughs> parents know but then they don't know what the next step is getting back to your point of finding the root cause and at the time i wasn't told the medicine was thank god the technology we had that option but my surgeon who was a wonderful well-known pediatric neurosurgeon his tagline was, no bedside manner. I could care less as long as he you know, was good in the OR. But I didn't know what else. Like, okay, here's your infant. We fixed the problem. What do I expect? And I certainly, as a first-time mother, never knew to even ask expectations. I was just like, oh, good. She's fixed. Thank you. Knowing it's a brain issue and learning throughout watching her life, and figuring things out and finally for me when she was graduating high school like your parents I wanted her to go to college it was very important at that point she was getting services so I was looking for colleges you know that had IEPs and special services and two things happened she didn't fall into any category because through through high through school, she always had what we called health other. So it wasn't accepted, I'll say in college. And I'm like, what's the problem? You know, she has a learning disability. I know that part. And then I found a newly diagnosed syndrome, a nonverbal learning disorder, right brain. She sees black and white, she doesn't see gray. I'm like, check, check, double check. Holy crap, this is my daughter. And it took me 18 years. Like I knew that was her, but to finally read it and, uh, and I was just like, okay, I got it now. I only wish, because knowledge is power, we would have known along the way to perhaps enhance, to do extra, to get to the root cause, which is a, a 20 minute uh, tangent I just took, I apologize. But root cause, parents, like, what do you see? So you have parents perhaps with a newly diagnosed, I was one of them. And I would definitely remember you walk into a doctor's office and your eyes are glazed over and you have no idea what they're going to tell you. What are some first steps or, or what parents can begin to do?
2: It is very scary for parents to get the diagnosis. I spend time with them. And the first thing I always say to them is that there is hope for your child. What the di- Before I give you this diagnosis, I don't want you to hear the number because there are levels. If we're talking about autism, there, there are mm-hmm. levels to it. And I stress that the level has nothing to do with the capacity or intelligence or any of that of your child and how the level simply means I am telling Support system, which is the school or daycare, how much support to give him? That's all that mm-hmm. means. And it has no bearing on whether your child will speak tomorrow or not, or any of that. And mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. said several times, over and over, for them to hear it because I know it's it can be so hard when you have expectations of your child and then you are told the opposite. And how important those words that you say mm-hmm. are. And for me, when I talk about root causes, so for example, I'll take autism, for example, I've worked with a lot of parents at this point and the children, there's a few things that seemed like all the children, most of, let me say most of the children have in common. Constipated, they're usually picky eaters. They are usually don't sleep well. They have behavior issues. Yes, that they have in common, of course. But those things like the eating, the not sleeping and all of that, those three things, I found that usually they just all get lumped together say, oh, yeah, the kid has autism and nobody really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. says, OK, let's work on your sleep. But then what I found is your brain needs to rest. The reason for sleep is for your brain to have downtime where it's healing itself is working on fixing things that are not right and all of that. That's why sleep is so important, just in layman's terms. But then you have a child who's awake all night, then what do you expect is gonna happen in the morning? They're not gonna act. I mean, their behavior will be completely off, even though you're wondering, how in the world can this child stay up all day, stay up all night? You see, that's already depleted. That's not the way we are built to function. So my take on the root causes is let's address the sleep. Let's treat the picky eating. Because again, whatever you put in your mouth goes to your brain. So the gut and your tummy and your brain are completely connected. Because if you're eating foods that will set your tummy on fire, trust and believe the brain is next. Because whatever you put in your mouth will go to your brain, Mm. right? Same thing with water, even what you drink. The brain needs the most water in the body. It's the organ that needs the most water in the body. So if you are not drinking enough water, therefore your brain is not getting enough water. Therefore your brain by itself will not function as well as it could because you're not giving it what it needs. The brain needs the most oxygen. If you're not moving, if you're not doing things to create more oxygen, if we don't look at your blood levels, right? You could be anemic, which means you have low blood iron. We don't look, right? Because we just say, yeah, you have autism. And a lot of them do. If we look at that, the fact that you have low blood iron means you don't have enough red blood cells for oxygen to be made. Therefore, your brain is not getting enough oxygen the mm-hmm. cycle. So all of these things are connected. My thing is, let's look at the whole child, not just, oh my goodness, you have a diagnosis and we're done. If we check and we optimize your blood levels, we work on your vitamin D, which if you have low vitamin D, your brain will not function well if we look, work on your sleep, if we work on what you're eating, if we work on what you're drinking, you will see a difference in that child. You will. I'm not here talking about I'm curing autism because I, mm-hmm,
0: I, mm-hmm. I'm not
2: saying that. But well, my goal is how can we help this child heal so that they can be the best versions of themselves? And that's why I talk to parents about accepting your child where they are, but it's not just accepting them, but looking at what their strengths are because every child has a strength every Mm. child if you look has something that they do extremely well how can we boost that lots of kids with autism are extremely good at music how about we give them access to music lessons if we can or give them music so that and music works on the brain it's like there's all this research right it helps with brain connections, and Mm -hmm. all of that strengthens brain connections. So if you see that your child is really good and has an ear for music, how about you boost that, right? And so your child, that's how we have musical geniuses, right? And you just don't write off the child like, oh my God, that's it. Because every single child has something great inside of them.
1: Yeah, right. I'm just thinking back again to when I was with Littles, and it was a long time ago. And believe me, bottled water wasn't a thing back then. And I'm thinking, oh my God, my kids were probably dehydrated the entire time. (laughs) I mean, now at least it's important and people are aware of its importance. But when there's so much going on, when you have an unhappy child, the communication skills may or may not be there. So then you don't know Exactly. what in the world. And more importantly, you've never dealt with that before. So you've got a very on edge parent to say the least, perhaps both or whatever that dynamic might be. Hopefully both are on board, but in different ways, everybody parents differently. You get caught up in me, me, me that The one who needs some extra direction and help kind of not always gets lost in the undertow, but eventually gets there. So, I mean, we have all of these services because you had mentioned, you know, when you give a scale, it determines the services. You have a lot of services, more so than ever, that are offered in early intervention, then in school and or daycare, and then... I know you can probably, I'll say, get those extra services, depending upon what's happening as far as, you know, the extra therapies that come to your house and such. What are some good you've got? I mean, because it's hard to even speak in general, you've got the nonverbal, although you say they do have their strengths and show you their strengths right away. When you look at them as The true individuals that they are, especially with like that no comparison thing, then you have that. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the nutrition and the food. You know, our food source, we could be here all day talking about that or food choices or processed. I think there's a lot of people that are definitely well aware of food and the organic market has really grown in awareness, but are there certain just even triggers or types of food? Keep a diet as bland as possible. What are some things you've found?
2: Well, of course, again, with the caveat that every child is different, right? Correct. But overall, Correct. the two big things i found that are big triggers for children is dairy and gluten, right? Because our bodies don't digest those two things well. And Even in my own home, I mean, my oldest daughter had this allergic reaction. I mean, her lips turned black, like black, Mm. like the shirt I'm wearing, like from pink to black. So Mm. we were like, what in the world? And took her to dermatology, took her to allergy, nobody could figure out. "Mm." And then she started having signs like, I mean, she had the eczema, the Mm allergic signs on her face, but all the tests were negative. So I I was searching and I stumbled upon a different test and I did it and it showed she was allergic to all these things or sensitive to gluten, to dairy, to pineapple that she loved and cashew. Mm. So anyways, I made the whole house. We all went gluten-free, egg-free, dairy-free because I was like, well, we are not going to punish one or not make it look like a punishment to one person. So everybody's going to join this (laughs) bandwagon. So, which I think is important because if you're going to do something for the one child and then they watch the other children being able to eat it, that mm. already sets up all sorts of emotional issues with why am I being sick yeah. and they don't take so well to it. But so anyways, we did that as a family and our lips went back to being pink.
1: Isn't that so interesting?
2: I was like, wow, who knew?
1: <laughs> That's when I now get yeah.
2: more into this. Like, are you serious?
1: Go back to she loved pineapple, you said.
2: So, yeah, she did. And she loved She eggs, loved pineapple. And she loved, and yeah. yeah. She loved drinking milk and all of that. And yeah. But wow. yes, we did see a difference. Her eczema went away. Her lips turned pink. And we we're like, oh. So interesting. So, the two big ones I see, because you can't just come up with a diet for everybody. I've found like when I've, the children I've treated and I've said, okay, let's start here. Just go off of these two as a trial. Let's see if it will make a Mm -hmm. difference. And I found that it does definitely make a difference with most children. Those are the two things I would say. And then the caveat is I always tell parents now, okay, yes, we'll say, okay, off dairy. But then if you go drink all these other milks. You have to be careful with that too, because you have to make sure your child, again, with everything is do a trial and just see. Even I have found, depending on the brands of the melt, you have to be careful and look at the back because they too have like, if you see more than five things and things you can't pronounce, you probably shouldn't be drinking it. So right? that's yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah. And so there they are brands that there's only th- two things the almond and the water. And I'm like, great. Thank you so much. Versus the gums, the this, the carry. Mm-hmm. The trougue, Yeah, that. Oh, exactly. Yes.
1: That you can't so, pronounce.
2: Right. So
1: parents,
2: read your labels. Find the thing that has the least amount of extra things inside of it. And if your child is old enough and really doesn't need milk, then there's really no need for milk, right? I always tell parents, don't get overwhelmed if they're not eating the something from this one food group right like find other ways so for example if we're thinking okay so milk has calcium so then replace calcium with a supplement milk has is can be a source of protein okay well we want to boost the other groups of protein like the beans and even vegetables have some some sort uh, can be a source of protein or even the chicken and all of that so you want to Mm
0: -hmm.
2: not get stuck that oh my goodness it has to be this one food group there's other healthier versions that you can eat as well and your diet's not limited i mean we still eat pretty mm-hmm. much the same things we well minus the cheese and <laughs> stuff like that so but well, there's ways around it like the other day my kids made cauliflower i got cauliflower pizza crust and they made mm-hmm. pizza with no cheese and it was mm-hmm. really good and they made it yep. themselves which means they ate it <laughs> there you go they're really happy so that's the thing is yeah if possible, get your kids involved with the choice of the food that they're eating and then they take ownership of it. So yeah, that's what I would say.
1: So side note, that has nothing to do with anything. You can go gluten-free. It sounds like a silly question if you're not gluten sensitive. So for me, I'm not gluten sensitive. Obviously gluten is probably not good for me, but I'm not gluten-free. I don't know why I thought, like if you try to go gluten-free, but you're not sensitive to it, like that's not good for your body, unless I just heard something silly. Okay. No, good, good news. Because I know (laughs) gluten isn't, you know, it's, it's probably the reason that there's the 20 extra whatever on me, because it's the choices I make. And I know Mm. when people do uh, make that switch, it's probably the body saying thank you.
2: Right, I use me as an example because I I didn't used to have any issues, right? I ate all the stuff mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I when we switched to being gluten free, and I would eat something with gluten, I don't have a tummy ache, and I'm
1: like, yes, Where yes, did that
2: come from. Yeah. So now I, now I can't even handle gluten. That's all I had eaten, right? And it was fine, but now yeah. I definitely can tell when I've eaten something I shouldn't eat.
1: So the diet is really interesting also. And in this day and age, what I find interesting from an older mother is, I want to say the amount of formula issues when these babies come out, everybody's got some sort of sensitivity. Again, in my day, there were two brands that you used, or maybe you had to do soy if the baby was allergic and or you you nursed. And that was that was kind of it. But now these babies know right away what's working for them and what's not. So there are other options in that respect. Is that almost something to kind of like be, let's see when we start introducing food, if we're going to have some sensitivities?
2: No, not necessarily. What I tell parents is, I mean, introduce them First of all, I, I try to encourage parents to make their own baby food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's really the easiest thing in the whole world. And really, you know, what's in your baby's food. And if you think about it, that food has sat on the shelf for, oh, goodness knows how long. Or in a pouch. And what did they yeah. have to do to eat, to sit on the shelf? So I try to encourage that because when you do that, and if you're feeding things that you eat and the baby gets exposed to like avocado, which of course nobody sells that it's really good for the brain cells, and the baby gets exposed to your food early on because you're making it. Then, mm. if there's a problem, and I tell parents like in- introducing one food at a time,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so that if there's an issue, then they know it's that, and they can take it out, versus yeah. mixing everything together all at once and mm-hmm. they have no idea. So it's just paying attention to what the baby's eating. That's the way I would put it. Yeah.
1: Ah, oh, so, so interesting. I'm still in love with Root Cause. Let's look and keep going more. When did the book come along?
2: The Children's
1: book. Love Letters. Yes, I have three kids and they're all very different,
2: of course, as they us, because they're mm-hmm. different human beings. And of course, they don't come with manuals. And even I was like, well, and I don't, they don't teach you parenting in medical school either. Mm-mm. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trial that I to really teach you, right? You have mm-hmm. to learn and adapt and, and figure it out. So I had this idea that I was dealing with my oldest and she was becoming a teenager and I was like, oh my goodness. Ah, like, good, times, oh my good times.
1: Good <laughs> times. I always tell everybody, I'm like, all right, the next three years, don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. Regardless of what they tell you, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Everybody will love each other again. You just have to get through it.
2: Yeah. So I came up, I, I call it a good idea. And I had this idea about, mm. Oh, I hear about how do we, how do children spell love? And yes, it's usually time. And okay. If you spend time with them, quality time. And I was like, isn't there more to it? And then I had this idea that why don't I take the alphabet and find different ways that children spell love through the alphabet. But of course, my biggest thing is, let's look at ourselves, first parents, <laughs> so that as we look at ourselves and examine ourselves in the light of that, then that's how we can teach our kids because our children are sponges and they listen more to what we do than what we say. I said we they listen more to what we do because I don't know how else to put it. It's um,
1: true. It's um, very true. They see yeah. everything. Yes, they
2: do. And they're like sponges and that's what they're going to follow. So that's how the book came about. So it's the 26 alphabets and each one is a way, for example, I have it right here. So letter A is love is abundant, right? And there's a whole section on like a letter written from a child to their parents. And then I talk some more about what that means, what love is abundant means. And then I ask a question and I actually have a space for parents to write Ah. their I want it to be like an ongoing thing as they go, as they go through it and they read and they practice it with their children and they write their thoughts. So it's something that they can come back to and, and look at, which I find that has worked for me, the journaling and just writing things out, because there's something about transferring information from your brain and your handwriting it to a paper. Yes. It's such an important thing. So I wanted to incorporate that into the book. So it's more than just a book. It's a living document.
1: I was going to say almost kind of legacy. You know, that's that's lovely when you... I, first of all, I love anything handwritten. And years ago, I had given my daughter a recipe book with all of our family recipes in it. Handwritten from my... I have my husband's grandmother's cornbread recipe that we made yesterday. You know, like, here's, here's all the meals that you grew up with. And here's Ange Minetta's biscotti and mama's pastella. And so it was uh, a lot of fun putting it together. But I'm a sucker for a handwritten recipe. You know, it's like stuck in time. But anything handwritten, really, it's it because it, it it I took my time. Yes. Yes. Like got a away handwritten <laughs> note instead of the text or an email. Like, oh my God, they put a stamp on it and they went to the. Like that was effort. Meanwhile, before that's all we had. But yeah, right. no. And when you have that written down, you can revisit kind of where you were yes. then. Like, oh, I remember when you were 10 and we were doing this and right. it's a little piece of that. Oh, I love that whole idea. I absolutely, oh, that's so good. So tell me more. I mean, integrative pediatrics. Is it a specialty? They don't just come to you because I've got an ear infection. Are you looking at everything? How would you describe that? So integrative pediatrics, yes,
2: it's becoming recognized as a new subspecialty of pediatrics. Mm -hmm. They're starting to have boards for it now, which means like you specialize Mm -hmm. in it. But basically all all integrative is a big word. All that means is we're taking conventional medicine and evidence-based complementary medicine, and putting them together and looking yeah. at the whole child. That's basically what that word means. So for me, my niche is, yes, I'm a, I'm a pediatrician. I can take care of anybody from zero to 18. But my practice really is for kids with autism and ADHD. Even if they're not diagnosed, I I can do the diagnosis for autism. And then they have ongoing care I continue to take care of them. So I'm addressing all those things that we mentioned, like the sleep, the guts, the the brain, those three major mm-hmm. areas, the environment. So I'm addressing those things with them and that's and that's how I take care of them. But I've started a program called Glow Brain Health Circle. I call it Glow, I know it sounds like a long name, Glow is the name of my practice, which mm-hmm. comes from my name, which means light of God. So I wanted mm-hmm. to incorporate that into my practice name. But Brain Health Circle is on purpose because there's not a lot of support for parents who have, whose children have autism or ADHD. They feel really isolated, but I want it to be a place where there's compassion. They can come and find clarity They can come and find understanding of knowledge and be empowered to help their children. So I like to think of it as like a virtual medical home for parents. It is for the kids, but it's really for the parents because, of course, we take care of the gut health, the brain health, the environmental health, but we also address things like executive skills function because lots of kids need that help with, and parents as well. How do you or how do you help the your frontal lobe, which is what controls your organization, your emotions? How do you address mm. all of these things? So like practical classes that are live that will help the parents, we equip the parents to help the children. Nutrition classes, we actually have group therapy because I think everybody should be in therapy. And I tell that to like the teenagers, I take care of a lot. Like, I'm not labeling you as crazy. Do I look crazy? They're like, no. And like I'm in therapy every week because <laughs> mm-hmm. I need it. And that's why I want it for you too because it's going to help. It helps to talk to someone. And so then they say, okay, sure. It's just those resources that are not provided for parents or for the kids. Right. That's what I'm trying to provide, but in a way that's easily accessible to the parents.
1: So, so- a one stop. I like that a lot. And especially as parents, again, there's so much pressure. Forget mom shaming. And when your child needs extra, no one can relate. So right. when you gather other parents that have similar stories or have maybe figured a little solution or or here's a shortcut, again, knowledge is power. But more importantly, everyone just wants to also be validated. I'm sure it's you create that safe haven where, uh, let's just be honest, it's a struggle. Yes. Under good conditions, it's a struggle. It is. Throw in a sleepless night, both bets are off, man. And you're in Austin? You're in Texas, yes? No, I'm in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Not even yeah. close, Stephanie. But it's interesting. I mean, lucky them that they have this place because there's not a lot that you hear about. I'm here. I'm in Long Island. It's so it's a- it's a large, small, but it's large. And yeah, you know, go back to my girlfriend, Jen, who's the speech pathologist, like she puts together these playgroups for not only the kids, but for the parents. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because you, you know, this way, she enforces the exercises that she does. And she teaches the parents how to Think about it. We're not speech pathologists. We're not board certified pediatricians. We're not OTs. But yet your child needs more than the one hour or 40 minutes of service once or twice a week. So in addition to just raising the human, now you're going to become all of these extra things to just keep the enforcement going.
2: You are so right. And good news is it's not only for people in Oklahoma. (laughs) it's
1: open. good no go oh, oh, definite yeah. good news but yeah. I mean, we need more like we yes, need more,
0: for so sure. much
1: more of things like this out there yeah wow you know what i mean just from listening to everything that you provide i would go skipping there it's that ray of hope and sunshine i know when i'm in therapy i'm like yes i get to go today <laughs> like I look forward to it. Uh, I do too. Yes. Can't wait. Let me unload this thing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that is too good. Oh, (laughs) that's so good. Good. So you have an online presence. You have a website. And are some of these services or such offered online or resources? Talk to me. All of it is virtual. Yes. Of course, I see Hmm. people in person in Oklahoma. But
2: yes, the Glow Circle is virtual. And it's on my website, which is glow so that's all one word g-l-o-w and yes that's where you can register to join the glow circle and the book is also on my website as well there's a link on there to it if you're interested in that children's love starting, i'm yeah. starting my podcast brain power uh- with
0: dr ecu
2: <laughs> Oh,
0: yes. when is that
2: going to come out? That's wonderful. It will come out in December. Thank you for putting me on the
1: spot. I needed that. Huh? Okay, that's why I asked. Yes. Believe me, <laughs> so I was three December. years. Yeah. I talked three years. I, yeah, no, I'm going to do a po- yeah, no, I'm going to do a podcast. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yes, soon, I've done soon, enough of soon. that. So. Okay. December. Oh, yes. how exciting. I can't wait. I think any extra resource that we can offer today just to lighten the load. I know. I,
2: I'm doing myself the service because I've been thinking a lot the last few days about identity, right? About how we are put on here on earth for a, a reason, a purpose. And if we don't open our mouth or use our hands or whatever it is we've been given to fulfill that, then what's the point (laughs) it's a waste we shouldn't die empty and so Mm, whatever with the talent left inside
1: yes (laughs) I like that a lot and it is so true imagine all of the people that you'll just reach out to that certainly maybe joy fans here is not their genre so they wouldn't hear you here they wouldn't know where to find you but when you have that podcast they're searching that genre or that name and right. then they find this gem it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as you do it so december yes okay. you can email me and ask me where it is i will really i will and we're, gonna, and we're gonna put it out there absolutely yeah. oh I- this has been a real joy and real delight and more importantly so informative that i really appreciate the picture of what's happening and the act of looking at the root, it's all for a reason. And as you say, you're not discounting traditional medicine, but there are other ways to integrate, as you say, and weave them together.
2: And the American Academy of Pediatrics agrees.
1: So <laughs> Yay! Well, that's good news. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. All right. So comments, joyfoundhere.com five star review that's all I ever bring you and then I'm gonna blast as soon as I hear about when her podcast is coming out and the name of it you'll hear it here a second because she's gonna announce it I'm sure lots to think about again water, food, sleep. I'm just gonna drop the mic there because it's awareness is what it is and again, I think you know we were all chosen for our roles for a reason guys it's always great to bring you great things and this week no exception it has been delightful thank you thank you everyone stay calm we've got this enjoy don't forget the magic of this holiday season whatever that means to you it's not about the stuff no it's not just take a breath and enjoy the lights until next week be well